Wednesday, January 6th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Held. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. It certainly didn't start out to be a happy Wednesday because I don't know about you, but the very first news I woke up to this morning was that North Korea claims to have successfully tested a hydrogen bomb. Did you wake up to that news? And did that materially lessen the happiness of your day hearing that? I mean, how did how did you figure that impacted you? It, it, I was struck with the sense of well, that's not good. It, it, it doesn't right, go in the positive. It's right. not a positive. It doesn't go in the plus column. No. Now my day didn't go straight downhill and stay there for you know for the rest of the time. You've recovered. I've bounced You've back. Learned. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned to live with it. Yes. After a couple of hours, particularly since now. A number of people and countries are coming forward and saying, "Did you really, North Korea? Did you really successfully test that hydrogen bomb?" Because we're, we're skeptical, right? Because you don't want to take everything they say at face value. Not necessarily, right? And we can we can talk this way because I'm pretty sure no one no one in North Korea is listening to us. We have listeners in over 150 countries. Pretty sure North Korea is not on the list. Uh, yes, that's 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 likely. Although it might, every once in a while things get snuck in there. All right. Well, business podcast <laughs> possibly on the list. Uh, I don't know. That's that's doubtful. But I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. If we've got any North Korean listeners, marketfoolery at fool.com is our email address. Exactly. Please just drop us an email if you know, or if, if you're allowed to. Or if, if you're not in danger, nobody endanger their lives just to send us an email like yes. that. Yes. Or it could be someone snuck, as you said, someone snuck it in. One of our uh, colleagues here at the Motley Fool, Daniel Stapleton. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before. Don't name names. He <laughs> too late. <laughs> can now. we edit this out? Now we could, but we're not going to. We'll give his email address so they can find him. <laughs> uh, Daniel. Uh, they know. They know who he is. Exactly. exactly. They, he went. On, he went on a trip. Of North Korea and and uh, really enjoyed himself. So for all I know, he could have snuck us Is in there. Is he the one that ran the marathon? I don't think so. That's some another colleague who's yes. interested. You've heard him, Bill Mann, talk about going to run the North the, the marathon there. Wait a minute, Bill Mann is going to run a marathon somewhere outside the United States, but he's not actually talking about. Running. I think he's just intrigued by the idea of its existence, and 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 then starts getting it in his head. Maybe maybe. He Maybe I could do that, you know. I, but I don't think it goes anywhere. Uh, I think probably the home team has talks with him and talks him out of that idea. The home team being his wife. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> because let's face it, you and I, we'd get a kick out of of Bill attempting to run a marathon in general, and certainly a I'd marathon. I'd be impressed. I'd be in North Carolina. North Korea. I'd, be, I'd love the. There would be stories. The Pyongyang Marathon. Let's see when it's being run. The April. Of 2016, he's got time. If to any train. listeners are running that, send us an email. <laughs> Marketfoolerfool.com. You're Let, begging for emails today. Uh, no, we're going to get to email. We are going to dip into the full mailbag, and we're going to get to uh, the numbers from Chipotle that came out this morning, and they were every bit as bad as we thought they were going to be. Maybe even worse. Worse. But, but let's start with uh, let's start with uh, sort of pivoting off of the big story of the day with North Korea, and that's Lockheed Martin. Which is is closing in on an all time high. Shares were up earlier this morning. Have have dropped down a little bit, but but um, this is one of those stocks that is certainly not a consumer facing stock. Um, it's it's easy to overlook considering how big the company is, and yet um, this is this is a stock that's done 
quite nicely over the last one, two, five years. Pick your time frame uh, and getting an upgrade this morning. I, you know, I'm just intrigued by the characterization of it as not being a consumer-facing stock, which is true. And I'm thinking, well, can you go on their website and get a coffee mug, like a Lockheed Martin coffee mug or anything like that? And can you? So I'm going to be looking into that while I, okay. <laughs> while I pretend that I was listening to the rest of your question. Uh, no, they they've got an upgrade. I mean, it's at times are reasonably good for your. Uh, defensive contractors when there's global conflict, as there is uh, and unfortunately continues to be much of. And uh, the replacement cycle continues for all of the equipment that gets damaged in in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, over the years. There has been enough conflict that the U.S. has been involved in that Lockheed Martin uh, continues to uh, have a lot of business to take care of, and the news in Korea doesn't directly maybe affect any of that, but it doesn't uh, doesn't hurt the uh, the defense budget. I think we've got a presidential election later this year, and it seems as though right after the United States elects a president or re-elects a president. We get the stories uh, out of the business media that, well, you know what industries are going to do well, you know what stocks are going to do well. It's X, Y, and Z, depending on on who wins. Uh, we're we don't even know who the nominees are going to be at this point. But but is is the def- we kind of know who one of the nominees is going to be. We know who the smart money is on. I mean, you you have to figure on the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton is the quote unquote prohibitive favorite. Yes, it would. But you know, we've seen as as happens once actual voters start voting in the primaries. Well, you what know, kind of odds would you put on that one? I, 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 I'm not a Vegas expert like you, so I don't, I don't know what how to even make odds. Thirty to one. Forty to one. I don't know that I would put it that high, but probably it probably starts with a two. Yeah, there's like a ninety some percent chance. Okay, all right. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but where I was going uh, was it, is the defense industry and Lockheed Martin and companies in their space uh, are are they almost uh, immune to? The whims of U.S. presidential elections. It seems like the defense spending, while it gets cut back from time to time, it seems like if you just invested in Lockheed Martin and a few other defense industry stocks twenty years, you know, you're doing fine. Well, I think that the uh, they're not entirely immune in the sense that one can imagine in some. Uh, very unlikely world that that Rand Paul or Bernie Sanders were to be elected, that there would be cuts uh, to the defense budget, and I, I think that the fact that it is unlikely for a number of reasons that either of those guys would would be elected uh, under, underlines the fact that the people who get elected tend to be more centrist in this country than uh, than either of those, and that uh, for the most part. Uh, yeah, the defense uh, contractors have have been immune from uh, any heavy cuts so far. Uh, you know, the American economy has continued to to do pretty well and has been able to support increased budgets uh, over time. And uh, unfortunately, there have been enough global conflicts that America has chosen or, or not been able to uh, make a choice, but uh, have have been involved in that 
you know, business is unfortunately good. And I think that's not something that anybody hopes for, but uh, having a strong defense is certainly part of the platform of a number of candidates, and, and they're going to be talking big about uh, what they're willing to spend, on, on at least uh, some of the Republicans. So, if through some bizarre set of circumstances, Rand Paul and Bernie Sanders both end up as the nominees. Of, as president. Both of it. No, no, both. Now we're getting into some really interesting no, scenarios. No, no, They end up as the nominees of their respective parties. Then we can expect. Short Lockheed Martin. <laughs> Lockheed Martin and basically the defense stocks, defense industry stocks, just to go straight down on that news. I mean, imagine the conspiracy theories involved in both of those guys uh, getting uh, to be the nominee of their party. As I said, what are those conspiracies? What 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 scenario provides us, you know, that that coming uh, to being? You know, the the Bernie Sanders one is probably easier to uh, imagine simply because there are far fewer candidates on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Bernie Sanders becoming the nominee probably involves something tragic and unfortunate happens and. and Hillary Clinton has to pull out, yes. for instance. Yes. And, and she's Whereas there are, last time I checked, over a dozen candidates on the Republican side. So There are 30. <laughs> so Rand Paul, You haven't checked. Right? There must be a few more that have come in. Rand Paul year. becoming the Republican nominee involves many, many bus accidents. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, speaking of bus accidents, let's move on to Chipotle, because... Uh, uh, as I said, we, we thought the numbers were going to be bad, and it turns out we were right, because according to the filing that Chipotle issued this morning, same-store sales for the fourth quarter down 14.5%, and in the month of December alone, for the full month of December, same-store sales down 30%. Yeah, I, I think that is uh, worse than I would have expected, uh, and... Certainly, the fourteen percent for the quarter, uh, Chipotle having pre-announced an expectation of eight to eleven percent down uh, that in uh, early December, I think. So the month of December came in so bad that the entire quarter is now down fourteen percent. And this is, I think, we had talked about what could they possibly say that would that would be good at the at the quarter. Uh, and I said, well, the only thing that that I could see that could be a silver lining is if they were able to say, oh, you know, the same store sales were were down, but the most recent numbers are are beginning to come back. That is exactly the opposite of what they've provided today. And along with the announcement about um, this same store sales number, the comps, uh, they're also talking, uh, announcing that they're. Uh, have been subpoenaed, um, you know, by this California grand jury. So, uh, to to look into the uh, virus uh, in there uh, that happened in I think this is back in in August. So, pretty bad day. That the stock market has actually had a fairly muted uh, reaction to it, which is largely a function of how much the stock is already down. That said. It is down now, uh, almost four percent for the day. So that's that's. This is a stock that is getting close to being cut in half from its high of you know not that long ago, about six months ago. Seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, and it's at uh, four hundred thirty-three. I I think we we may find that it gets all the way to being cut in half. Well, when you think back to similar issues. 
with restaurant type of companies, and you look at what happened with um, Taco Bell, Jack in the Box, etc., uh, in terms of how how far their uh, how far those stocks got knocked down. Um, Chipotle's not as far as it's fallen. It still hasn't fallen as far as those others have, which tells me that uh, I, I just don't think the worst is over. And I think that the next conference call, when they come out with their next earnings report, that is going to be must listen to for any shareholder or anyone who's thinking about buying in on this massive dip. Yeah, I would I would be investing at this point a lot of time into the presentation of that and rehearsing and and re-rehearsing and just uh, being able to come into that confident that they have a good story to tell about what the future is going to look like. Uh, I, I think there is enough uh, Love for Chipotle among its its many patrons. That uh, if if they can tell the story that it has got everything under control, people will come back and eat there. Uh, time heals all wounds, and if there are no new stories, uh, people will will go back. And and but there, when it, every time it gets into the news, it's it's about something bad right now, and that's a reminder that. I don't know. I don't have to eat at Chipotle. I can eat at the place that's right next to it and doesn't seem to have multiple outbreaks of, of diseases. It, it, now, in terms of its, its comparison to those other two, unlike, I believe this is the case, that there were deaths from uh, the Jack in the Box. From Jack in the Box, uh, yeah. Outbreak. So Early 90s. That was more problematic and uh, as, as nasty as E. coli can be if, if you're hospitalized and. Um, no death uh, occurs. I don't think there's any lasting problem. Not that I'm a doctor and shouldn't, you know, comment on that. Uh, but I, it's it's a different magnitude at the moment. Uh, in terms of what happened with Taco Bell, remind me, were there deaths? I don't. No, no, no. And Taco Bell is within Yum Brands, which currently has three different brands, and at the time had a fourth or fifth, I think, uh, because uh, A&W and, and uh, Long Junk Silvers used to be part of Young Brands as well. So, um, I think that, that that was not, in terms of the number of people that stayed away from Taco Bell, that may have been in the same ballpark as, as Chipotle, but it wasn't as harmful to the stock because it's more diversified business. But the image of those two is not the same as the image of Chipotle. And while the affinity for Chipotle among its patrons may be higher, and we've we've joked about it before, but I think it's true that if if Chipotle has this kind of, or if, if Taco Bell has this kind of issue, a lot of people just sort of shrug their shoulders and just go, well it's Taco Bell. What do you expect? And there you know there's there's not a higher standard. And Chipotle is the one Holding itself to the higher standard, and so if you do that, then you're going to get judged on a higher standard. Yes, and I, I okay. I think that the reason that uh, the only good thing that that Chipotle has going for it is this is a uh, probably somewhat predictable outcome of what it was holding itself up to, which was to have fresher ingredients and less processing and less. Uh, uh, parts of the the food preparation process that sort of wash out uh, 
not you know the good and the bad from more organic foods. So I think that you know it, it's a story that goes along at least on, on the E. coli part uh, with hey this is who we we are we're the the fresh uh, you know the, the fresh produce people and and we're locally sourcing and all that and the reason we can't identify where this came from is because the number of local providers we have they've got to change some of that obviously they, they have they haven't done it in a way that's been effective in communicating that they've got control of the problem to get people back in. So that's where they need to go. You know, in the, in the next quarterly call, new crisis management people, I believe they've changed or gotten rid of their crisis, their first crisis management advisor. That's um, good. So, yes. Because, <laughs> but when I was watching this story unfold this morning, I was thinking to myself, I, I might need to sell my shares of this company because I, it's not to say that they don't bounce back, but I, it's hard for me. Um, just as it's uh, hard to imagine Rand Paul emerging as the uh, Republican nominee for president, it's hard for me to imagine that it gets a lot better for Chipotle quickly. I don't see this happening in the next six months. A year from now, it may be, oh, they've, they, but but in the next six months, I don't see this. I, 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 I could be wrong, and I would love to be proven wrong, but I don't see it. Expectations are low right now. Easy act to follow, right? <laughs> I mean, yes, the, the new crisis right. management uh, people have got an easy act to follow. Management for its next quarterly call has an easy act to follow. People do need to see a good act at this part, uh, but they they have the expectations have gotten incredibly low. Right, and and, and a year from now, we're going to be talking about wow, their December 2016 same store sales so much better than 2015 <laughs> December. Oh my goodness. They cleared that negative 30% comp with room to spare. Marketfoolery at fool.com is our email address. Question from Joe Labisi in Troy, New York. What metrics do you use to screen for potential stocks to buy? Do these metrics change when seeking a value stock, a dividend stock, a growth stock, etc.? I tend to look at gross and net profit margins, return on equity, debt to equity, operating cash flow, dividend payout ratio, price to book value, and the growth projections. Sounds like Joe's looking at a lot. I'm not sure why he's even asking this question. Uh, he signs it by saying, thanks for making my 45-minute commute to work a lot easier. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you in a second, but I, I, I'm going to use that last line of Joe's. First of all, thank you for the question. Thank you for listening. Uh, I want to mention for our dozens of listeners something that has been in the works for months now, and we can finally share, which is the brand spanking new podcast center for the Motley Fool on the Fool.com website. Wow! Yes, so go to Fool.com/podcasts. All five of our shows are there. It's got a great look. I got to give a shout out to um, Greg Robledo, Brian Todd. Can I go there right now? You can go there. So I could find the podcast on the fool.com website, yes. you're saying. And Emily Williamson, that's the last uh, one of our colleagues. They get the lion's share of the credit for the work that they did on that. Fool.com slash podcast. You, you know what? You can go after this is done. I want you to answer the question What metrics do you use to screen for potential stocks to buy? And do they change? Because I, I, you know, I can hear. Even though he hasn't worked in this office for a couple of years, I can hear the voice of, of Joe Mager talking about price to book value when it comes to banking stocks. So that's I know for Joe and banking stocks, that's probably number one on his list. Right. Well, I think the metrics change radically. You know, in different sectors. That is, if you're screening for uh, 
profit margins above a certain amount, you're, you're never going to land on Costco. You're never going to land on um, Whole Foods, which may, in fact, be good, uh, you know, not to find Whole Foods. But uh, that is, uh, you know, the, the case that different sectors have very different things to look at. And as you, you know, do a screen for, uh, along any of these things, you'll probably find a number of things that are in the same sector. If you're looking for uh, low, you know, price to book things, you'll, you'll find, you'll find banks, you know, you're just not going to find uh, a price to book of, of less than, you know, two uh, for uh, software companies. Uh, so you've got to know what sort of sectors you have when you're picking individual stocks on your own. You know, what sectors do you have enough experience with uh, that it makes sense for you to learn more and, and get to know the, the numbers better? Uh, rather than let the numbers choose uh, things for you, I would say I, I like to run screens. Uh, you mentioned return on equity, that or return on invested capital, which I prefer over return on equity. What's uh, that? Uh, well, because it, it takes out the debt. You know, return on equity can be very high for a company that has a lot of debt because there's you know it's it's uh, got more returns and less equity. So the divisor is, but but when you're using invested capital, that includes the, the debt and the equity. So uh, I, I would rather use that. Um, but I think these are all good metrics to, to work with. They do, The metrics very much do change uh, when you are looking to be a, a value investor as compared to a growth investor. Uh, and uh, I think that the more that you run these screens, the more you'll find out sort of where your sweet spot lies in, in finding companies that you're interested enough to keep following. James Early, who runs our income investor service, he's as disciplined an analyst as we have here when it comes to running screens and sticking to them. And I say that because James is a dividend investor and also someone who is very focused on personal health and he is able to separate the two to a degree that is is both surprising and admirable. So while James is someone who would absolutely choose McDonald's as a last resort to eat at, he's recommended McDonald's through his service because of how it performs as a dividend paying stock. And he's done the same with with others as well. So um uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, on, yeah. on on screens on, on. I don't know. Did you find Did you find a Lockheed Martin coffee mug? Because I no. I went I went to their website and just searched on coffee and didn't find anything. Uh, I, I'm sure they're out there. They're just not selling them through their website. They're just you know it's not maybe it's on eBay somewhere. I I'm sure you can find. You probably need to be employed there or something <laughs> to get to get one of their coffee mugs. But if if anybody has one wants to send it in, you you. You always need another coffee mug. I don't always need it. <laughs> I have plenty of coffee. I've got my uh, University of Michigan Ross School of Business mug right here. Is that from a one of our delighted listeners? Delighted Yeah, yeah. So, you know, go blue. We'll just end there. Go yep. blue. Bill Barker, Motley Fool Funds. 
check out fool.com slash podcast. It's our brand new podcast center. But you can also go to foolfunds.com and check out Declarations, which is the free monthly newsletter from Bill and his colleagues. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That does it for this edition of Market Fuller. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 